Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Support for the California Report comes from Personal Capital, providing people with financial tools, like the Retirement Planner, to help them achieve their financial goals. PersonalCapital.com The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, Coming this fall, the launch of the research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration. On the web at schmidtocean.org. Our lives are full of routines. What time we get up, what we eat for breakfast, how we commute between the places we need to go. It's already 8.16, we're six minutes late. Did you get your mask now? Can you shut the door all the way, please? For me, now that school's starting again, it's the crazy morning drop-off routine, getting my two kids to two different schools. Does everyone have their shoes? Because you forgot yours yesterday. Shoes. Shoes. Yes. Backpacks. Jack. Water bottles. Jack. Okay. We're leaving up to Seven minutes late. Once we get going, I'm kind of on autopilot, just trying to get from point A to point B. Bye, see you later, have a great day. I'm Sasha Coca. You're listening to the California Report magazine. I've been thinking a lot about what we're missing out on when we're so focused on where we're going, we forget to really look at the world around us. You probably have routes and streets you're familiar with because you drive or walk or bike down them every day. But do you actually think about the stories of the people in the buildings or the storefronts you're passing? Well, that's a question reporter Noah Boston considered as he rode the 72 bus line down San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley. One day, he decided to get off the bus and take his microphone behind the doors of some of the businesses he'd passed by so many times. He wanted to find the people and the stories he was missing. Hi, my name is Michelle Sherman. I'm the owner of Paper Plus in Berkeley. We're a party store. Uh, You know, there's 
the stuff that we kind of started out with, which is like stationary. Then the wall is just cards of every single thing you could think of. Baby, birthday, mother's birthday, father's birthday. And there's your fiesta, party, gay pride, bar and bat mitzvah. In fact, we do all the Jewish holidays up big. Wedding, baby shower, christening, candle, oh, ribbons. We top it off with piñatas. My, my name is Ronnie Carrello. I'm originally from Peru. Uh, I work here in the store, Paper Plus, uh, for about 20 years. And is your title balloon maker, balloon specialist? What do you, what do you go by? Uh, balloon decorator. And Right, so you've been working here 20 years now. How have you changed over that time? Well, I feel old. <laughs> And which one would you like? Uh, 11, 8, and 9. About 11, 8, and 9. So three balloons? I'm curious, can I ask you, what, what are you buying a balloon for today? Just trying to show my girl that I'm not always talking. I, I love her a little bit, you know? <laughs> right on, right on. Thank you. Yes, please. Thank you. I don't have kids, but I have my nephew that has um, MS. I am his, like his mentor. One thing that I told him since he was a kid is you are the only one that you can be happy for yourself. So every time, any moment, Try to invent your happiness. Create your happiness. You are the only one. This is the, my legacy that should be a, a good influence from two other people. People support this business, mm. especially in Berkeley. There's people that I've seen them since they were kids, and now they have kids. What do those relationships mean to you with those customers? Sometimes it's sad. Last week came a lady that six, seven years ago, um, her grandkid passed away. She said, I want one yellow balloon because they used to get yellow balloons. So I remember her. So you're saying that there's a woman who used to come in with her grandson and they always would get a yellow balloon. And so her grandson passed away, and she came in to get a yellow balloon, and that's how you knew. It was her uh, six or seventh anniversary that passed away. She told me, can I give you a hug? She says, I always think about you, about your nephew, because the MS, and our conversation is about life. This is comfortable when you have some people that is, they don't just come and they say, I want this and what. They just kind of create a, a connection with the, the customers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you okay, so much. You. I appreciate You're it. Sure. You're welcome. opening the fuel gas. So I would take my piece of metal um, 
I'd get it to a certain level of red heat. So from a low red to a high red. And then the beautiful thing is you'll see the solder flow. And then when you remove the flame, it goes back to being solid again. Hi, I'm Joe Silvera, and we're here at Silvera Jewelry School. Hi, my name is Anat Silvera. Do you all remember like the first piece of jewelry that you saw or that you got that really inspired you in a major way? Yeah, I do. Um, my grandfather had a tie pin and it was made of silver and enamel and I still have it. And that was something that just was just so beautiful for, for me. I loved it. I remember him wearing it. He would go to work. He was a door-to-door -door salesman. I remember one day him coming from work and he was wearing it and he was really tired. <laughs> yeah, that must have been a hard job, door-to-door -door salesman. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the minute he retired, he died. So, so I'm curious, how, how did you two meet? I really met her at the Open Studio uh, Pro Arts uh, in Oakland uh, annual sale. And um, we were the two jewelers in the room. And um, we started talking and all of our friends quietly disappeared <laughs> and left us there talking. And um, yeah, so we got to know each other and went out for dinner. And I Never think- Never left me alone after that. I, that's true. <laughs> I, I date by attrition and there was that connection like we just, it's like all of a sudden you had something with which to measure how different everybody else you dated was. Yeah. You know, that. Yeah, um, so well said. And what, what was it? What did you realize? That I should have been dating older women. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the age difference? We're about eight years apart. Eight and a half. Yeah. And, and how long have you been together now? 23 years. Has there ever been a time in your life where someone in your life said, you know, I don't really think that's how you should be spending your time making jewelry? <laughs> Besides our parents. <laughs> did your parents say that? Um, my mom was very supportive, but she did at one point tell me that um, I'm pretty sure you're going to end up on a street corner drawing caricatures of people and in a way like, you know, barely getting by. And a lot of people also out of fear, you just, they feel uncomfortable or they wish they could do it, but they can't, they don't take a chance, you know, and they work the nine to five and get the really good pension, um, but at a job they were never happy with. How do you feel about it that you didn't work the nine to five and get the really good pension? <laughs> now that I'm older, um, I, um, I, I feel good. I mean, I, I struggled a lot and worked really hard, but I made it and, you know, so I, I feel good. I'm really glad that I took that chance and, you know, didn't give up. We have this 2003 Nissan Pathfinder, a beautiful car sunroof. Leather interior, um, 2000 Porsche Boxer, stick shift, nice car. 
2007 Lexus IS350 color interior. My name is uh, Joe Ahmadiyya. I am the owner of Auto Doctor in Berkeley, 1830 San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley. I've been here in this spot 26 years and I'm selling used cars. I migrated from Middle East. I came for the purpose of, you know, pursuing our, my education. And I went to Santa Clara University. I studied biology. And then when I graduated, I told myself that I'm poor and I don't have much money. So why don't I, um, you know, come to business selling cars, make some money, maybe a couple of years, and then go back to school and finish, you know, my education. The next year when I came to business, the letter came from uh, both universities, California College of Podiatry, Medicine, San Francisco, and you know, University of Pacific Dental School, that we are not going to hold your seat next year. So if you want, you need to come in and register. And I didn't go there. And now I am regretting every day I think about it at least once a day that I, why I didn't, you know, finish my education. All those years, it's 32 years, it passed by like 32 seconds. I wanted to go to research and stuff, you know. Education is better than selling used cars, I guess. Why is it better? Because you can use your mind. Okay, the customer comes in. My name is Joe. What is your name? This. What kind of vehicle are you looking for? Two door, four door, automatic stick shift. But if you go to research and stuff, you know, there is a lot of experiments to be done and a lot of things. Yeah. And you have different respect than being used car dealer if you are a scientist. I'm curious, so this is the path you took. Was there a moment in the last 30 years where you really felt like, wow, this is really rewarding doing this work? I never thought, I didn't, I don't like this business. Although I'm very successful, very successful. And how old are you, Joe? 63. 63. But I can't believe it. I really can't believe the time goes back by so fast. God, 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 God. I can't see it. But that's what happens. You get old. And one other thing I was going to tell you about my business. Why my the, the name of the business is Auto Doctor, right? You know, that's the name of the business, Auto Doctor, because I was trying to go to medical school all my life. And maybe today I still unconsciously I'm trying to go there, but I can't. It's too late. Hey, you can come on in. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. So if I had walked in a couple years ago and your mom was sitting in the front, like. What would she, how would she have been dressed? Like, what could I have expected? To... Uh, she definitely had her Evelyn Jones visor hat on. Uh, she would have had some sun, some shades. She would have had uh, an Evelyn Jones shirt on. And then if you looked at her, she would have greeted you and said, hello, how you doing? If you said, I have never had your barbecue, she'd be like, where have you been? I've, on, I've only been here for 35 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you, you're missing out some of the best barbecue out. <laughs> 
So that was my, that was my mom. Number 11. Hi, my name is Shamar Cotton. I own a restaurant with my brother and sister, Everton Jones Barbecue here in Berkeley. Everton and Jones is a family-run business. My grandmother started it back in 1973. It's always been family-owned. I grew up in it. Can you tell me, like, when did your mother take over running this restaurant? She owned it for most of the time I was here, like three decades. What was your mom's name? Mary Everett. My mother was a very happy person. She loved celebrating life. She was a very giving person, as she always was a very uh, Christian-oriented person as well. And, and how did she enjoy life? Like, what did she love to do? Uh, she, she loved to throw a yearly party every year for her birthday. It was a party to actually uh, collect toys for the annual toy drive she used to have. Uh, we used to go to a church uh, every Thursday, and my grandmother used to feed the homeless. So I think that was just way one way my mother just wanted to keep my grandmother's legacy going as well as just giving back to those that are less fortunate than we are. And, and so when was the last one of those parties that she hosted? Uh, right before COVID. I'm curious, do you remember like what your mom wore that night? Like what she looked like? Like, uh, like, a, little, like a little princess, a little Disney princess. She always had a custom dress. Of course, she had her beautiful hair made, had her makeup done, earrings, nails, shoes, and the dresses always matched with her grandkids. She had them all made together. And she always made sure they twirl. Because my daughters like to twirl, turn around like they're princesses, like they're dancing. So she always had it where it's a long dress for them as well. And they could spin around and have a good time. Officially, my brother and myself and my sister, we took over once my mom passed September 24th when she passed from COVID. So. Up until then, it was always, we just did what my mother said. We just wanted to be good kids and uh, we wanted to make our mother happy. So it took over last year. We didn't want to, especially not this way. We wanted mom to still be here where she can enjoy just life and her grandkids, but we got thrust into it. It was surreal, you know, walking in. It was actually the day my mom passed away, I came to the restaurant because we had, uh, and still had, still had day-to-day -day operations coming, people still bringing supplies. So I walked in, walked to the restaurant, put a sign on the door and just kind of sat outside and just was like, my mom's not here. I got to take care of the restaurant. I got to keep this going. So I, I couldn't believe this moment was here, especially like this. I knew one day, I know we're all here on earth, we're all gonna go some way. I didn't think it was coming anytime soon. Thought I'd have my mom till she was at least 90, 100 years old. Mm. She was only 65, so it was early. My dream was basically don't disappoint them. Don't, be, don't let this be a failure. Don't let what happened to plenty of other families or businesses when like the matriarchs are gone, it kind of just fall. Just keep it going, keep it simple. Kiss, yeah. like my grandmother say, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. So I just want to make sure I keep it going the best ability that I can and do all this that she taught myself and my brother and sister, just keep it going. Gotcha. Anything else for you? I uh, no caramel nice right now, just a seven up and the lemon. Thank you.
All right, y'all. Appreciate it. Take care. Noah Boston brought us those stories about the people of San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley. He produced that documentary at the UC Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism, and we're bringing it to you as part of a collaboration with Berkeley Side. Noah is now a reporter at the San Francisco Standard. And now we're going to meet someone else with a regular commute, 10-year-old Hamer Santiago Godinez. She loves to sing church songs as she walks the eight blocks to her new middle school in East Oakland. Music relaxes her. This year, heading off to start sixth grade in a new school brought on familiar fears for Hamer. When she first arrived in the U.S. with her dad, Hamer was in first grade. She spoke mom, the Mayan language she learned as a little girl in Guatemala. But she didn't understand anything in English or Spanish, and she was terrified of school. Hamer's experience in elementary school changed her and how she saw herself in the world. And as KQED's Julia McAvoy tells us, part of that was her school slowing down to be very intentional in how it supported mental health for students like Hamer. Yesabel Inga works at Bridges Academy at Melrose in East Oakland, where she is the only therapist for some 400 students, a quarter of them newcomers, mostly from Central America. And a lot of them, when they first came in, only spoke mom. They didn't speak Spanish or English. And so they were just kind of like lost. The principal at Inga's school had to make tough decisions about which kids would get to see the therapist and who would not. Inga can only carry a caseload of 15 students who are clinically diagnosed, so scores of kids who could have used the help were not getting it. And the result was a lot of disruption. Community Schools Director Rosanna Covarrubias saw it on the playground. There was a lot of cyberbullying, and so we were seeing it erupt here at school because of what was happening online. Um, They were needing mental health supports for that. When Covarrubias tried to refer students out to other community agencies they partner with... The wait lists are really long, and so, you know, oftentimes they just have to wait. For months. And those are the acute cases. How California can get more mental health supports to more kids is a huge priority for advocates. There are multiple statewide efforts to get Medi-Cal and providers like Kaiser, for example, to pay for early intervention. Inga says that could help schools like hers reach many more students. If we were to set up kids with therapy support, like preventative, you know, we wouldn't have fifth graders that have suicidal ideation. To reach more students at Bridges, the school decided to start a six-week group session with eight or nine students, nearly all from Guatemala. In the beginning, everybody was really quiet and shy. And this is the group where Hamer Santiago Godinez found herself. Hamer remembers arriving from Guatemala with her dad in first grade, screaming, kicking, and crying when dropped off at school. 
She felt really alone because she only spoke mom, while everyone else spoke Spanish or English. Plus, school itself was new for her. Teachers had to hold her down to calm her and get her to stay in classes. Even by fourth grade, she had just one friend. Kids were confused, you know, or not really feeling like they could trust other people. Like once they came here, there was no, no space to really talk about themselves and their, their culture. Kids like Hamer are the ones the extra pandemic dollars from the state and feds were supposed to help. The federal government and California sent a lot of extra dollars to schools statewide. But by the time that money trickled down to Bridges Elementary, the school ended up with just $20,000 prioritized for mental health. Not enough for even one full-time therapist with benefits who costs about $160,000. At Bridges, school staff decided to use the money to contract for a second therapist working just two hours a week. And that is how the school had the capacity to start the group sessions to work with kids like Hamer. In that group session, Inga asked the girls to bring something in of themselves. Bring something that means something to you, that represents you. And I believe it was Hamer who actually said it. Oh, because I talked to my friend. She, I said to her, to, can we go bring a curtain in school? She said, yes, of course. She's like, oh, like, that, can I wear, can we wear our traditional, you know, like they call it corte. The day Hamer and the girls wore their cortes to school, Hamer's sister braided her hair. The girls were nervous, a little scared. Because some people is looking at us, and some people is thinking, why that girl wears some corte like that? Yeah, some people might, some other kids might look at you weird, but it's because they haven't been exposed to other cultures. And if they ask you or say something mean, it's like, let me tell you about my culture. Let me tell you what this means. People tell me, you're from where mom? And I said, I speak mom. And people told me, yeah, God, I like your courtesies. And I said, thank you. Feel proud, you know, feel proud. You have something that they might have lost. It's a loss, right? They don't know it, but it's a loss. What took place at this school was not just about the group therapy sessions. It was a concerted effort to make sure everyone felt like they belonged. Some teachers took mom language classes. Others began to center the indigenous mom culture in their teaching lessons. At parent-teacher conferences, they encouraged parents to speak mom at home with their kids. Basically, they created a culturally relevant, holistic approach to mental health. The joy Hamer felt in wearing her corte, it spread. More mom-speaking students began wearing their traditional corte dress on Fridays. Even the boys. It was just, like, beautiful. By fifth grade graduation, for the first time, all students who presented recited poems in English, Spanish, and mom. Everyone used all three languages. This week, Hamer is walking the eight blocks to her new middle school in East Oakland. 
She went to check on the school before opening day, scrutinizing staff photos on the bulletin board outside the office, trying to find faces of teachers she thought might speak Spanish. But my office is outside in the portable. You can always come and say hi if you want. She even ran into one of the teachers. Well, it was so nice to meet you. Hopefully, I'll see you on Monday. Thank you. It's so nice to see you. Now, Hamer is heading into sixth grade. And this beginning, it feels different to her. She says she doesn't care what people say about her. She only wants to learn. And if she has to, she says she'll call on her old teachers at Bridges Academy for help. For The California Report, I'm Julia McAvoy. Voy por el mundo, voy predicando. Julia's story was produced in partnership with the Oakland-based civic media organization El Timpano. Special thanks this week to Zach Farber and Supriya Yelimeli at Berkeley Side, and to Anna Sussman and Queena Kim. Also to Izzy Bloom, Sophie Codner, and Elena Neal Sachs. The California Report magazine is a production of KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. Victoria Mauleon is our senior editor. Susie Racho is our producer-director. We had help this week from Alexander Gonzalez, Stephen Rascon, and Alex Hall. Brendan Willard is our sound engineer, and Jessica Carissa is our intern. I'm Sasha Coca. This is the California Report magazine. Your state, your stories. Support for the California Report comes from Silicon Valley Community Foundation, supporting KQED reporting on early childhood policies and practices around the state. Learn more at siliconvalleycf.org. Stanford Healthcare, where their greatest reward is a healthy patient. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration. On the web at schmidtocean.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know 
that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members. It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.